Nokia Talks, a real-time theory podcast. I am Rob, your host, and today we have another new guest. Yes, I am continuing the tradition of finding people and dragging them onto my podcast, hopefully willingly. And today I have set my eagle eye on a certain member of Twitter of Time. You might recognize this person. Uh, because, as I've already said, they're eagle eyes to die. So please say hello and introduce yourselves to my listeners. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much for that uh, amazing welcome. And you did not have to drag me. I am so super <laughs> excited to be here. It's an absolute privilege. Uh, and the check is in the mail. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Um, <laughs> I'm totally kidding, guys. Uh, thank you, honestly, so very much for uh, the invite and for having me on. It's a real privilege and honor. Uh, so yeah, I'm Eagle Eye Sedai from Twitter of Time, or at Wad, Wat Nerd Girl, and I've been on Twitter of Time only a couple of months. I uh, have never been on Twitter before, and I sort of stumbled my way onto Twitter of Time thanks to uh, Matt Hatch at the Dusty Wheel on his videos. He kept saying to join Twitter of Time, and so I did, and it's been an absolute blast because you guys are all absolutely amazing. So yeah, it's a lot of fun, awesome. and uh, yeah, I've been reading the books since, gosh, the early mid-90s when I was a teenager, and so yeah, they've been a part of my life for, for an awfully long time, and they hold a special place in my heart because uh, I, was, I disliked reading very actively before Wheel of Time, and I'd never read anything remotely that large. In fact, I probably read below grade level uh, until I stumbled on Wheel of Time and uh, turned me into an avid book reader. So yeah, absolutely love it for that reason. Nice. Can't argue with that. Um, yeah, it's just what a what a series to get you into like heavily reading. Like that's, oh my God, that's yeah. impressive. Like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean dinky books prior or something, you know. Yeah. The longest thing I'd ever read was probably the Little House in the Prairie series. Uh and I okay. read those sort of after uh probably everybody else would have read them sort of sort of thing. Um so yeah. I, it took me forever to get through the first five chapters, like a lot of people, but then I couldn't mm -hmm. put it down. Um, wow. And so when what is your first fantasy, you compare everything to it and it makes finding mm -hmm. other series. There's many out there that are good, but never none quite as good in my this opinion. Is, this is true. I mean, I read The Hobbit before I read Wheel of Time, but in terms of fan, I mean, okay, I read a few bits and pieces, but they, they always had like a sci-fi edge. Um, so I'm doing a reread at the moment and I forget what the series is called. Um, but the first book in the series is called Geomancer. Um, I forget the name of the author now. Someone comment somewhere, tweet me. I don't know. Let me know what that book's called. I'll look at it later when we finish recording. You'll be like, ah, that's what it is. But great series. Um, but yeah, so I'd read a few things. But yeah, Wheel of Time was my first like major proper fantasy series because I tried Lord of the Rings and I think I got into the second book or third book, technically speaking, because there's six. And um, yeah, I just kind of put it back down. I was like, oh, this is such heavy stuff. So um, yeah, yeah, I can understand that. It's uh, it's a, it's uh, well, we wouldn't be here if we didn't love the series. So exactly. <laughs> and I'm glad that Matt Hatch is dragging people in the Twitter of time because you kind of appeared in like just responding in, in posts and feeds and things. And I was like, this person's like tweeting away. Like they've been here for years. And uh, I was like, I clearly just have only just stumbled onto this person. So it's, you know, <laughs> for a couple of yeah. months, you are establishing yourself, establishing yourself quite well. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's so much fun. And you guys are all, everybody is so incredibly warm and welcoming on Twitter of time. I've, I hear that the rest of Twitter is not always warm and welcoming, but since I'm not on the rest of Twitter, I, <laughs> I'll just take that with a grain of salt and just be grateful that my little corner of Twitter of time is, uh, is just so amazing. So yeah, I love you guys all. You're awesome. 
it is yeah it's a lot of fun so and and twitter of time is is where this discussion that we're going to have sort of came from i saw you was it a theory you posted or you're replying to someone i can't remember now i don't know which one was it <laughs> i can't remember which one was it um, i need to go back in the chat and be like hey that's a great theory i we should talk about that and i can't remember now <laughs> It was somewhere. I need to go. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at your post now. And uh, yeah, that's silly because you post so much. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you know, no, no, it's great. You're always saying good morning. Oh, sorry. Good, good morning, afternoon, I think is how you say it. Is that good morning, afternoon, evening, all in one go? It's yeah. great. Yeah, I'm just making things up because, you know, not everyone's in my time zone, right? <laughs> yeah, well, as evidence right now, it's uh, yeah. late afternoon, early evening for you. It's uh, quarter to one in the morning for me. So, um, yeah. Yeah, my hat goes off to you because I am not a night owl, so I don't know how you're still up at this time. <laughs> uh, well, see, I am a night owl, but also, now I need to find this. I found a post a while ago, and folks, we're on a tangent already. This bodes well for the episode. Um, I will tell you what we're talking about soon, I promise, <laughs> but I have to talk about this. Uh, come on, Discord, load up faster. Um, <laughs> I didn't have it open yet, but someone, I don't know, posted something somewhere about how you know, why are night owls this or why are early birds, that sort of thing. And the the crux of it is, here we go, I'm in now. Uh, so, because I always call myself a vampire. And uh, so this person posted, I'm trying to get to the bottom of why we associate rising early with moral goodness. If I get up at 10 a.m. and work till 2 in the morning, I'm lazy. If I get up at 5 a.m., work till 6 and go to bed at 8, I'm a good person. Is this some kind of, you know, Agarian hangover or what? And, uh, and then someone's like, sleeping in to get enough rest is self-indulgent. Going to bed early to get enough rest is gold medal. Um, but the, uh, the the bit they've had in the end is great. So it also strikes me that evolutionarily speaking, you want both kinds of people in your tribe so someone is always awake. Half of us Ooh. were meant to stay up at the fire telling stories and watching the bears. So... I am not a vampire. I am not avoiding sleep. I am not uh, staying up too late or anything of that nature, folks. I am keep. I am telling stories by the campfire and watching out for bears. That's what I'm doing. Oh my goodness! I absolutely love that. That's fantastic. You're watching out for the foxes. That's, yes, there that we go. I'm watching out for snakes and foxes. Snakes. Yeah. Yes, there yeah, we there go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we we decided to have this conversation because we got onto the subject of um, channeling. Channeling. And yeah. yeah, the difference and it was in the. Is he and LTP? No, we, well, we went off on that. So the notes that we were created, I went totally off on a tangent with the Swan Chan. Sean Chan, Sean Chan. It's so weird when you say these names out loud, uh, isn't it? Know, it's right, in yeah. your head all the time. Uh, but we started, it was with Ishi and LTT and how they don't seem to have to move their hands a lot to channel, mm -hmm. right? This so, is yeah, true, very yes. good point. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I want to find this post because it's going to bug me if I don't find it. Um, I also love the fact that I just scroll through your account and this is like, wild theory here, wild theory there. I was like, yes, this, this person is, uh, you know, is absolutely with me on this um but yeah basically it started from that so we got into a whole discussion of how channeling works um and it's when you compare how moraine channels let, let's talk like modern isodai and then uh, the previous isodai um when you just see them channeling like moraine's very slow and very focused she's moving her arms oh, one second we seem to have Hey folks, it's Editing Rob here. Uh, unfortunately, we had a bit of an internet snafu and uh, lost each other for about sort of 10, 15 minutes or so. So uh, luckily, the recording software managed to capture the intro and it just 
I decided to skip out the bit where I'm like, hello, 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 and all that sort of fun. So, uh, yeah, let's get back to it where we picked up and, uh, <laughs> and Valerie and I managed to continue recording. Enjoy. <laughs> and we will literally just carry on and be like, right, so welcome back, folks, to whatever that bubble. I'm going to put like a weird sound effect in the podcast as well um and just be like you know uh, maybe like a bubbling sound where there's like reverse tape playing noises as well and just be like hi welcome back so uh, we were 10 that's minutes awesome. recording and uh, this happened blame you more that's awesome. yes we definitely blame ishi yes yeah ishi it's your yeah. fault you didn't yeah. want us to um discover your your methods of channeling and such so uh, yeah yeah that's it exactly yes he doesn't want the secret out too soon he's uh hoping to sow some chaos Indeed. Yes, I agree. So we, we, we spent like 10 minutes trying to get, maybe longer trying to get the tech working here, folks. So I can't remember what we were, we were talking about, um, the difference between... You were, yeah, you were, we were just sort of finishing wrapping up. You were looking for a post that you really wanted to find, and we just finished saying that you were the uh, night person looking up for bears. Oh, yes, there we go, awesome. yeah. But you were um, looking for a post. But. Yeah, I, I couldn't find it in the midst of, yeah. of um, chasing, uh, yeah. you know, issues with, with recording. I was like, screw it. So I think I started talking about how um, Ishi seems to be able to channel like insanely quickly uh, in comparison to Moraine. And that yeah. was, I, I feel like a starting point of where we sort of just went crazy with how yeah. everyone's going to, the different way everyone seems to channel in the show and we're kind of like yeah. what it means or not. So um, my initial thought between Moraine and Ishi in the way they channel was, I mean, Moraine can channel quickly when she needs to, but not at the speed of Ishi does. Is that a skill right. thing or a training thing? That was, that was my sort of first question on this. Yeah. Um, I think that's both skill and training. Right. Right. I, I mean, clearly he's from the Age of Legends. They've had way more training and everything else, and he just makes it look so effortless. He ties that little knot in his hands, and off it goes. So, again, that also brings up the question, is she shielded or stilled? Uh, and you can see it, to go back to the earlier point, though, but you can see how long it takes her to channel. It's so evident when you get to that scene. Up until this point, you're like, oh, my God, look at all these things that Maureen can do. It's amazing. She just waves her hands, and things happen. And then in this scene, you're like, oh, it, it the difference is made so very clear mm -hmm. that it that it's yeah she was literally just like raised her arms and daggers were coming straight for him i love by the way um eagle eye and i can see each other um you can't folks so i am demonstrating with my hands as i talk um <laughs> i'm a demonstrative talker and uh yeah she was she did channel really quickly but i mean he didn't even move um yeah and it was we, instantaneous. The weaves didn't take the time to come and surround Moraine. It was just boom, there. Yeah. I'm no, I, I'm torn like whether is this is going to be how all of the Saken are going to channel. And then I'm thinking, how is Rand going to handle that? This is full spoilers, by the way, folks. If you've just encountered my podcast, you're not really sure what's going on. Um, we're not really sure what's going on right now either, by the way. Um, you know, after the, the bubble of evil. But uh, yeah, this is full spoilers. So um, yeah. if you've not read the books and you've only watched the show, we're going to ruin some things for you. So. Um, well, that's interesting. Because okay, you've, you've got the two parts of Rand. You've got the Rand as he's sort of learning and fumbling and denying, denying who he is. Mm -hmm. No, uh, uncertain. And then you've got lose Theron, who is his memories of that that creep in and there are moments where he just does some incredible things uh like at lord algarin's algarin uh you know his manner uh mm -hmm. in tier when he does all of these amazing things and so i think it'll be very interesting to 
the contrast between those two ways that Rand will channel until he finally comes to sort of, you know, his veins of gold moment and uh, right. accepts who he is. But uh, yeah, I think that'll be interesting. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about Nynaeve versus uh, McGideon. That's going to mm. be a battle in like, because if McGideon can channel as fast as she seems to be able to channel, then Nynaeve is going to just need a braid bubble all the time. Um. <laughs> She's going to need a braid explosion, right? Yeah. Um, but that's maybe that's what they're setting her up to do. So far, the only time she's channeled, she's done it in such a, other than when she was part of a link, she's done it in sort of this explosive manner. Uh, and oh, so yeah. one can think that if she is encountering Moggy, she's definitely going to be, if not angry, emotional. And, and one of the interesting things that Rosamund Pike said in one of the behind the scenes interviews was that it's intense emotion, not anger. It was intense emotion. And so I keep remembering that because yes, I'm sure we can think that Nynaeve was angry in these moments, but I think they're going for any intense emotion rather than just pure anger. Yeah, which I think is a, a, a very smart discussion uh, decision to make because if you only do it on anger and then it's like, you must be calm to channel and such, it's just, yeah, it's really not going to work. And especially the way that they set up for Rand with Moraine at the end being like, when you need it, it will be there for you. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is, and it, I, I think I, it's less fun to read about someone perpetually angry or seeing it, sorry, than it is to sort of read about it. Because we're in her head, and so we understand her thoughts, so it's not as necessarily as always annoying to see that she's angry all the time. But if all we saw was an angry Zoe Robbins, um, I don't know that that's as entertaining. Yeah. That, that's that's a very good point. Uh, my roommate is not a naive fan from the books uh, for that reason, uh, or partially that reason. Uh, she has other reasons, but is uh, a fan of naive in the show. So, you know, they're winning over hearts and minds there with that. Um, so before we get, so we kind of, we have some rough notes here. Uh, we'll, we'll work through them, so to speak. Uh, the ring that he's wearing. Uh, now, I think this is one of your notes. <laughs> it must be because you've ended it. Also, I want to buy one of these. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I do. I I think that this is. Uh, I don't know if this is a status symbol. I think it might be a status symbol. Um, it's kind of wearing full. Is it like you know the Aes Sedai ring that you've put here? Um, I don't know if it's an Aes Sedai ring or maybe just a status symbol. Um, because mm. Aes Sedai were not. Well, they were a thing, but they weren't a thing, were they? Um, well, yeah, it was different. They would just come together and form committees to tackle whatever problem they needed. It was a little more, I guess, informal than the current Ajas. Uh, mm -hmm. An Aja just meant a committee, basically. If I uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. I could be totally wrong on that. Um, but if, if it is an eye to eye ring, then why is Ishii still wearing it? Because he would have totally thrown off that mantle of being an eye to eye. He would have rejected that. You know, he betrayed everything that he was. And so, I, I don't know, that's what leads me to think it might be a Sa'angriel or a, some sort of maybe a little, not, sorry, not a Sa'angriel, but Angriel, sorry. Maybe a little one, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, but, I mean, Lucerne had one in the um, the prologue for episode eight, and so did, I forget, uh, Latara? Latra. Is it Latara? Yeah, yeah Latra. Latra. There we go. La so they both seem to have one as well, which, I mean, you, there are multiple um unreal and thing of things around so it, it could have either you had to make them it could have been something but it's why i think it might be a status symbol more than anything else which i could see ishi holding on to this is not a symbol of being an ice die but it's a symbol of where i am in society channeling? yeah and, and or channeling, channeling perhaps 
Yeah. A skill level for channeling. Yeah. 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 Interesting. It's, it's very so, interesting. Everything they've done is very intentional, even if we don't have all the answers yet, because we're still only in season one. So there's a reason for that ring, and there's a reason that Ishii still has it in the third age, right? Unless, yeah. again, he's manifesting an image of himself into reality because he was still bound in the show before Rand released him. So, but again, he's he's projecting that image of himself, so he's purposely included his ring. If that's if he's not there in person, then yeah, he's including it. So it's it's got to mean something. Yeah, definitely. So we have this very quick channeling versus modern Aes Sedai, which is very slow channeling. Well, slow in comparison, because uh, as you can say, Maureen was very quick. And then we have um, Nynaeve and Egwene that, well, they don't seem to be doing any... I'm skipping notes here a little bit, but we'll come. Uh, it'll make sense. They don't seem to do the, the sounds and the movements thing. You know? So this is clearly a thing for, for training, the reason I wanted to bring it up is are they, because they change things up with the White Tower and such. So this, I don't know, I'm inclined to think that they might do less focus on the training and more a case of like, you just pick it up as you go. I don't know. Not pick up any of the bad habits of the Aes Sedai, like you have to do a throwing motion for a fireball, for example. You know, I mean, if Marine has to lean back and just swoop her arms forward every time she does a giant fireball, that's going to be a pain in the neck if you're doing multiple fireballs, isn't it? So, um, Yeah, it would really slow it down. If I could just think a fireball into existence versus having to move my whole body, it does. It would slow you down, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's an interesting thought. But then in the books, they spend most of their time learning how to channel outside of the tower anyway. Uh, although they... Yeah. Yeah. And we know that you don't have to move your arms as evidenced by various other channelers in the world. So, yeah, maybe Nynaeve and Egwene will bring in a new style of channeling throughout the series that and show all eyes to die that you don't have to wave your arms about. I don't... <laughs> yeah definitely we're, we're diving into all the aspects of channeling here folks um so you know we're just just running through them as uh, as they come up in the notes that make sense um but the, the reason that we've gone through these other ones is because and i'm pretty sure this is where the initial discussion came from because we as we see the sean chen um at the end of at the end of the season finale and we saw the Sodom and the Damani. It's, I mean, we'll get onto the, the eight arm in a minute, but the channeling, this was, I think this was your point where it's like the Sodom seemed to do the speaking, so to speak. That's a great sentence, Rob. Um, and then the Damani did the movements without speaking and then the channeling occurred. And is there a connection there? Um, mm -hmm is is the yeah, question we're following this up that's such a good question i i wonder if it's more ritualistic rather than actual nece actually necessary i mean they've clearly put a gag on the damane's mouth for a reason other than just being dehumanizing which mm -hmm. is a reason in and of itself for them to do it because we know that's how they think about women who can channel oh, yeah. i think there has to be more of a reason maybe they they believe that you have to speak to channel maybe that's just my that's my that's my current theory i don't know no i like it um you know i i i, I definitely agree that the show isn't making changes just for the sake of making a change and you know i know there'll be people out there that think they are doing changes just for the sake of changes they're not you don't do that um so to then change the 
Adam to have a gag sort of add-on, there's got to be some reasoning behind that. Um, and this is this is definitely what sucked me in. Like, you know, having you know speaking be even if it's not accurate like i mean moraine doesn't speak then he doesn't speak she doesn't speak but perhaps you know that was a part of the mystery or the i don't know are my notes on it so let me find my actual section where i um put that in uh i don't know if i've missed that now no it's right underneath like oh is it okay yeah, oh, so the yes, Fontaine yeah. teaches them any to talk, for example, once they're captured. Yes. Will it uh, stop? Yeah, so I, I was kind of thinking there that, you know, with the the invention of the Adam, um, you know, obviously that was just to be like, you know, Arthur Hawkwind hated I today. You know, he, he didn't trust them by the end. He wanted, you know, he didn't want them controlling everything and so on and so forth. And, you know, maybe this gag was just like, hey, they're whispering everyone's ears, they're controlling everything, they keep, you know, giving all this advice you shouldn't be taking and such, you know, gag them so they can't whisper in your ear and, you know, coerce you coerce you into things and such. And I was like, maybe that's the connection there. Um, where, you know, if you gag Aes Sedai, or now just channelers in general, they can't control you. And thus you Ooh, control I like that. them. That was kind of my that's thought. Very, I didn't actually yeah. write that down. I was thinking that and I didn't actually write that down. So my apologies there. Um, that's what I was searching for in the notes. I was like, I'm sure I wrote that down. I also didn't. Uh, <laughs> no, I love that. I, I think that's that a really the... good. Okay. okay. Um, I was, yeah, that was where I was going with that, you know, especially because the Soldam seemed to speak and then the Damani made the actions. And so again, another distinction between how learning the channel is really important and then how that would feature in later on when they try and free Damani and also capture Aes Sedai who don't channel on that method again I said I don't speak but you know if they turn around and say you know whatever they want in whatever tongue they're using because that didn't sound like English to me um you know the Aes Sedai are going to be like huh what <laughs> so it, it, yeah it got my brain turning a bit and I was like yeah uh, yeah not sure what's going to happen here. Are, are all of their commands in the old tongue? So I'm thinking they were saying, because I'm pretty sure I heard the old tongue at the end. It was Miere, um, or I don't know how you pronounce it, and that's Wave, I think, and then M-U-N something, I think. Anyway, so I think they're speaking the old tongue. Yeah. By the way, as a side note, I'd love to know what the lyrics are to that song. But anyway, that's playing when the Fonchan, uh, when you see them on screen. There's lyrics mm -hmm. for that song, and I'd love to know what they say. But anyway... Um, isn't that interesting? Maybe what they're going to do is set up different channeling techniques for different people. So the I said, I think they, they know they don't have to because the White Cloak already told us that. Valda told us that they know that. They have to wave their arms. Maybe the Damane feel that they, they can't speak, but the Sildan have to speak for them. And maybe the Aiel will do something different. Maybe yeah. these quirks of how channeling has come about over the past 3,000 years. Uh, and of course, that's very sort of on par with what Robert Jordan was always playing with, the ideas of sort of differences in cultures and how do things change over time and how do they, you know, get to where we are in present day. So, I don't know. Yeah, I hadn't even considered the Aiel. So that's kind of a um, slap on the wrist for me. I, I do an Aiel talk show and I didn't even think about how the Aiel might channel. Oh, this is well, why we I'm haven't seen enough of them yet. <laughs> No, we, that's true. That's a very good point. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. 
We've only seen one hanging in a cage. No, that's not true. We've technically seen Rand, but okay. You can't really count him as an IEL if he doesn't identify as an IEL anyway. No, but, this uh, is true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, I like this. We're getting like different types of channeling in effect. So we're getting like the instinctual um, sort of braid bubble, just do it without thinking uh, from like Nynaeve and Egwene. Um, we're getting, uh, you know, very demonstrative, lots of movements with the regular Aes that we see. We've got, you know, Age of Legends, Aes Sedai or, or channelers that don't seem to have to even move a muscle, um, you know, twitch my fingers and I'll do nine different things. Um, maybe the ring is a physical... Oh, no, no, okay, now I'm getting weird and wacky here, folks. Um, but maybe they wear that ring because that is their crutch you know so mm. the Aes Sedai that we see like Moraine I have to do a certain movement to do a certain weave maybe the channel is the age of legends like I can't channel unless I'm wearing this ring or this mm. finger band or whatever you want to call it folks I don't know that would I don't know why but that would maybe like oh you can no longer be a channel it would take you away your finger band um <laughs> I'm getting very well, wacky be- there but it would be very interesting how that would affect then Ishi if, if, or even the other Forsaken. It'll be very, very interesting to see if the other Forsaken are wearing it as well. Yeah. Um, I think and how they would part. hide that. Like if we see Asmodian walking around strumming his guitar on the waist uh, and he's wearing one of these, you know? Yeah. That's what, again, that's why I was originally on the status symbol thing. That just kind of reiterates that. So that was a very weird and wacky thought, folks. Um, so let me how we're going to go on a, a tangent here so we didn't put the notes how are the ie all going to channel so we've we've as i say we've got um speedy um age of legends we've got the slow i said i the modern age we've got instinctual we've got uh the two-person combo where one talks and one moves as we're kind of going for the uh the shan chan hmm. my are, are guess we... is i don't know if i had to just throw a random guess out there right now i'd guess <laughs> less hand movements than the i said i because one of the things that I feel like from the books is the Aiel just have a better leadership structure. They have a better way of teaching. I mean, okay, let's take all the physical abuse out of things, but they they <laughs> yeah. really instill sort of more leadership qualities. Egwene mentions that. She learned how to be a leader from the Aiel. Uh, and so they just have a different way of teaching, but I just, I could see them doing less of the flamboyant moves that the Aes Sedai have almost come to ritualize, mm-hmm. you know, because the Aes Sedai, their lives are ruled by ritual. This is so true. I don't know. That's yeah. that's just my gut reaction at the moment. I I was thinking about now. I know that um, wise ones don't uh, initially hop into battle and join the fight, so to speak, with their channeling, but they will, you know, very much come from that fighting culture and such. So now I'm thinking some form of like not maiden hand talk, but something like more sort of like small wrist movements and finger movements rather than, you know, almost like it was made in hand talk yeah. than, um, you know, big waving of arms and such. Because if you were on a raid and you wanted the channel, right, you know, waving your arms around is not going to be you know, be effective, even though uh, wise ones aren't like that. So nice little yeah. segue. No, I, like I agree. That. I like yeah. that. I think smaller smaller hand movements are maybe more likely. Yeah, I I, yeah. I love that. Okay, so let's go back to the, the Sean Chen. Um, and let's talk about the A down for a little bit. That is, that's a little different to the books. It's not silver for a start, it's gold. Um, what did you think of it? I loved it. I mean, I don't want to call myself like, you know, what, what's the new term that's coming out? Uh, a show sworn or something. I mean, I do <laughs> love the show and I'm willing. 
I'm willing to give a lot of, I, I'm just, I'm willing to wait. I'm one of those people that I, I don't believe that there's no payoff for anything yet. Rafe had 20 meetings on one dagger alone. We know, uh, so that to me, that tells me he's planned everything out, even though I don't know what the end result is. I don't know what the plan is. So the fact that there's no leash, there has to be a reason for it. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be uh, really, really interesting. I like the look of it. I, my biggest thing is I can't figure out how the gag stays in place. Like, yes. the, you wouldn't just ask the demonic to bite down on it and, like, you know, like a pacifier and hold it. That's just silly. Uh, I think it has to be somehow held in place, like, over top their mouth rather than you in are. it. Um, and so it has to be connected somehow to the neck shoulder piece that they have, which I think, I think it looks absolutely awesome. I yeah, think it's it really cool. I, I and, and by removing, putting a gag on them, whether it's for any actual purpose, as we've discussed previously, or just to dehumanize them, it, it's as dehumanizing as a leash, in a sense. Like, the leash is also very, because you do that to your pets, right? So, yeah. um, it, it's another visual form. If you're going to take away the leash, then this is still a visual way to show that. Yeah, that's very true. It is very, very visual. I'm going to go hunting now. Um to see it well not to see to to find it because i want to bring it up and see if i can not sort of well yeah basically zoom in on it and, um, did you notice though that the sildan both moved their hands to the left when they channeled right they cr- they clasped their hands i think and then did the same movement where they moved their sort of elbow their left elbow to the the left and held their held their wrist with their big thick bracelet um yeah, yeah and again ritualized It was, yeah, they were very much. Okay, so I have um, a, a picture of a Damani. There's a lot of gold going on here. So, like, there's the, the you know, it sort of, like, sits over the shoulders. It curves over, like, it covers a fair portion of the top of, of the mm-hmm. chest, to be honest. Um, there's a lot of indentation on there, a lot of patterns. But there's, as you said, there's nothing connecting this, this gag. Um, so the one power being involved possibly there's got to be something with it um so and then yeah, we have the know. opposite with the soul where they have a lot less they have like a lot more of the shoulder stuff going on um and, and on the back faces. they had this incredible i think it was worked leather uh, you know sort of shoulder piece that went all the way in the back and 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 it was raised up sort of along the spine up towards the back of their head i mean beautiful costuming and it is red and blue just like in the books it just looks mm-hmm. way better i think it looks way better uh oh, yeah. i think the costumes are absolutely incredible but i love the face okay and the face paint we'll have to talk about yeah the face paint's amazing it's once so and the it's uh i'm getting what's the other vibe i'm getting from this uh stargate vibes Mm. Did you ever watch the original Stargate movie? Uh, I have. It's been a long, long time, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when they when he goes off to – it's been a very long time for me as well, but when he goes off to the other planets and there's the, the you know, the, the people wearing, you know, the Egyptian god-style helmet things, yeah, when they sort of rock back in those little – like the, the piece that sits over the back, it's – that reminds me of that a lot. Um, mm. So it's – Interesting. Yeah, very imposing. They they do have the matching bracelet, as you say, um, and there's a lot less gold on the Dema- on the Soldarm than there are on the Damani. Um, well, um, the gold is an interesting thing too, because I'm thinking like in, in in sort of our modern world, gold is one of the most sort of precious resources. It's expensive. It looks expensive. So when you do something in gold, 
And so I thought it was really interesting that they had gold on their forehead with a bit of red that went up into their hair. The demonic yep. did, right? This paint. Um, but then, as you say, their collar is gold. Their mouth gag is gold. And uh, But maybe that goes to illustrate the value. Because they might dehumanize these women and treat them as absolute animals, worse than you, animals. You can swear if you want. But, I, well, I try not to. But um, <laughs> they might treat them worse than animals. But they're still extremely valuable, right? Yeah. And 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 therefore they're expensive. And maybe the gold signifies. I I don't know. The gold yeah. struck me as an odd color choice. It was very interesting. I mean, I, there is every possibility that silver didn't just play right. You know, silver disappeared too much. Um, yeah, it could do- just be a color thing for TV. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the, the gold is very. The bracelet is huge, which I love. Um, you know, really, and um, that being the only gold thing on the sword arm, really, like, well, you know, you're bossing this gagged person around, um, and you've got this big, big, giant gold bracelet. That's going to be interesting, uh, watching them take that on and off, uh, with all the special clasps and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, the more well, I watch this scene, the more I think that um, they think talking is the, the key point here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's definitely something. It's very intentional. Every single thing in that scene is extremely intentional. So mm-hmm. it's not just randomly in there for no chance because it looks cool kind of thing. So, yeah, I agree with you. And then the other thing, too, about the collar is they're made, they fit the people. So is there going to be some sort of terangrial where when you take it off one, it just sort of magically molds to somebody else? Because, okay, Egwene and Nynaeve are both very, very petite actors and uh, actresses, you know, very, very... So they could probably fit the same one. I don't know. But if you put it on somebody else, it wouldn't fit. Yeah, so and I they don't know. Do... I'm just getting technical now. No, that, that no, it's fine. And they do trade it between the three of them because even um, even Egwene wears it once, you know, the bracelet, and it still just fits. So, um, yeah, I that's an interesting question. Like this, it, it's got to like, it can't go over the top of the head. It's got to go around or something. But, um, yeah. It's, it's an just... invisible theme, I'll bet you. Yeah, yeah. Because I always imagined the ones with an invisible theme in the book, obviously. Yeah, when they clipped together, they disappeared. So I think this is really going to... um, I think this might be more of a focus when I said I get captured than the fact that they can't lie. Because when you gag and I said I, she can't talk. So the movements and the talking and such is probably, that's probably going to be where they go. I'm making a prediction now, folks. I I know that kind of stumbled into that, but I'm making a prediction that I think uh, talking will not be a factor. The, the, I cannot lie will not be a factor and that it will be a case of, well, they don't understand what we're telling, telling them uh, and they're not doing the proper movements to go with it. So yeah, who teaches them that? That's what I'm thinking now. Other Damani, the Suldam sit there and like teach them how to channel. That doesn't seem very Shao Chen like. Yeah, I don't know. See, that brings up all sorts of incredible questions because even in the books, the Damani would comfort each other and help each other out. And do they wear the gags all the time, or only when they're traveling, uh, channeling? When they're up in their Damani kennel, you know, are they allowed to take it off? Uh, and 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 how does that sort of impact even their daily lives, right? And it's very interesting mm. too. Because what you said about the the Archer Hawkwing and and his descendants and everything else and not wanting to be lied to by the Aes Sedai, they made a very clear point of introducing that in season one. 
where, oh, well, the oaths are what you had to swear to get Arthur Hawking to leave you alone kind of thing to stop besieging Tarvalon. So, oh, oh, I said that wrong. Uh, so okay. they introduced that in, what, episode two, when Egwene um, said that to Moraine. Yes, that sounds right. So you, I think you're onto something with this idea of it's to stop them from talking and spreading lies as well as maybe something to do with, then maybe that over time became something to do with they thought that you can only channel if you speak. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe, oh, maybe that's how the, the Adam works. That if you don't have the gag piece in, you can't access the pat. Like you need not just the permission from the sword arm, but you need to have the gag in as well in order to access the power. I'm getting really I don't know. Now. It, it could be because we haven't seen very much. And, and this is the fun part. This is like a dusty wheel thing. We're just going off on like one little scene yeah. uh, for hours, which is absolutely amazing. Um, but the one shot we had sort of close up of the one Demane on the left, uh, I mean, she just looked absolutely horrifying because yeah. she looked so blank. Mm-hmm. Like her face, her expression just looked so blank to me. And I thought, oh, that scared yeah. me. I agree. It's just... Um... Yeah, like, there was nothing going on. I just, I'm a vessel to do what this other person is telling me to do. You know, and it's, um, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it was, it was, it was scary. It was creepy in a way. Um, I'm also now thinking that the, it, uh, I'm, not that I'm onto something or we're onto something, but that, you know, we are on the right path at least because uh, I keep watching the scene while we're talking, by the way. <laughs> I keep replaying like the same 20 seconds of footage. Um, but the, the tattoos or at least face paints on the sword arm, you know, that, it, you know, brings focus to the mouth. Whereas, all right, yes, you bring focus to the mouth if you stick a, a you know, a gold gag on someone. Um, but, you know. But it's not the same focus at all. It's not the same it's focus. Not, it's like yeah. he's bringing focus to this person's not wearing a gag as opposed to, you know, this is very obvious that it's all about the gag on the on the Damani. So I, I really do think we're on a path here where there's a, a disconnect between talking and uh, channeling uh, or not a disconnect, yeah. but yeah. I agree. I think there's definitely something there between the talking and not talking and channeling. And I think that's just become stylized or ritualized or sort of in, like, they believe it's for truth uh, after yeah. all of these years. And so it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out. And it'll, uh, by the way, very interesting when we get Tuon into the picture. Um, yes. Because we know she likes to train Damane, so therefore she can learn to channel. Uh, although I d- wouldn't expect her to have face paint. But maybe face paint is also a sign of status as well as shaved heads. Because if you look at the uh, down very carefully, it looks like the center part of their hair on the top of their head is a little bit higher. And it made me question whether the sides of their heads were shaved, which they aren't in the books, but maybe they're giving Sildam a higher place in society. Yeah, maybe it kind of, maybe that's how Sildam do it. It's pulled very tight on the side of their heads. And then, as you say, sort of like raised a little bit in the center. And there's a very clear define um, where it goes up the, you know, the, the, the sides of the head to show that. Um, So yeah, maybe there's a combination of like hairstyle and, face paint that uh, demonstrates a, a a level of rank for sword arm i suppose you might call it yeah i don't know because uh, we've only yeah I, so it'll be very very interesting to see two on when she arrives i can't i honestly yeah. can't wait i think definitely face paint seems more practical because if you know the future empress 
uh, you know, I, I know someone out there is listening to that and just went, may she live forever. Um, <laughs> I know you're out there, folks. We, all, we were all thinking it, yeah. We we've been trained. Oh, we've been trained. We've been well-trained, yeah. We, we have been well-trained. We've been well-trained like uh, like the good little book readers we are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't see her getting a facial tattoo like that while she learns. Uh, so I, I think it must be a, a face paint thing. Um, yeah, or I do, like and I, I think you can see the ridges of the paint as well. It doesn't look tattooed, and on the Damane, you can see clearly where the paint, the red paint, goes actually into their hair. So you know it's paint. Yeah, that is true. So, okay, I, this is I, I think that the Shanchen are, are going to be in this channeling aspect really, really fascinating about um, you know what they do and how it works, and especially when you interact with um, the Aes Sedai getting captured. Um, so let, let's dive into, um, cause this is where the, the discussion kind of led for us folks when we started talking about this, uh, well, not this specifically, but just how it opened up all these questions. Let's say they capture Egwene. We're going to stick with that storyline from the books. Um, how, as you say, is she going to be fitting in and being like, right, search out for this, you know, um, vein of metal or something in the, in the earth and such. Do you have any idea how that's going to work out? No, uh, and I can't I'm... wait to see it. Um, but I—I I mean, it's going to be heart-wrenching. But I—I just—I'm so excited to see all of this and how they do it. I—I I don't know. And this is the exciting thing because it is different. And this is <sighs> Rafe. I think is being very clear. To touch back on a point we made a while ago, I think he's going to make channeling different in all of these societies, and I think that makes a lot of sense in the visual medium and for the TV show, and to make it clear yeah. and easy, you know, for audiences and 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 whatever else. But I think, I mean, if, if I had just been caught by somebody who told me I couldn't speak and somehow smacked a, uh, a golden pacifier in my mouth and, and I literally couldn't talk, uh, the anger, the, the trying to fight back that would very quickly be beaten down, because uh, we know that they do that. We know that happened to Moraine in the tower. So we know power is used to beat people. That's already been established. Uh, I, I don't know. I can see Egwene very quickly being brought into into line, sort of as she is in the books. I mean, she she tries to fight, but she can't. You cannot fight the Adam. No, this is true. So they'll tell her to go find. I don't know. Maybe they'll. Well, I'm, I, the the what's occurring to me now is in a visual medium. Um, obviously, you don't have. I mean, you can have you know aspects from inside someone's head. You can have someone um, narrating over the top of the scene. But that doesn't usually work that great unless you just have, you know, you're doing a movie or a show that has a narrator and that's the angle you've gone for. Fine. Obviously, Wheel of Time has not done that. Um, so how then do you, you know, you can have an actress on screen and, you know, a lead actress on screen and not let her talk for scenes. So there's got to be some time where this comes off. Yeah. Um, Plus, with only eight episodes, I suspect that she'll only be a prisoner for maximum parts of three episodes yeah, just yeah. because the story has got to move along right yeah she's uh, got to be captured so, in one and released in well, one they have to eat they have to in eat the, they have to eat so yeah. it has, they have to eat and drink they've got to be able to take it off so maybe it's only when they're complete when somebody is wearing the adam that they uh or the, the bracelet that yes. they have the gags in maybe it maybe it's maybe the the gag is attached to the bracelet with the one power somehow yeah Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe the, the shoulder thing is more just a, 
Oh, this is because so the way the the Adam works in the book is uh, obviously there's the bracelets and there's the leads and then there's the collar and that's that's it isn't it? it's all silver um, and when the sword arm takes it off they you know place it on a peg or wherever and it's like that's it you can't move you can't move it it makes you feel sick it makes you actually be sick so on and so forth um, but how can you force them to wear the gag? Or like what happens like when you walk away, can they not walk away? Maybe that's it. Maybe they, they can't touch the gag and they can't walk away a certain distance from the gag. And that's how you keep them pinned down because then the collar bit around their shoulders will sense when they're too far away from the gag and so on and so forth. But only the sword arm can handle the gag in terms of like holding it. Oh, I mean, that's getting very creepy in terms of like, right, come here, you know, pet time to go do channeling. But it would cover those logistics of how it works in the books, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, it has to come off. And so therefore it has to be there only for the channeling. That's my current thought. And I agree with you. Yeah. Making it complete, you know? Um, yeah. All I can wow. think about in the back of my head is and I know you have this note and we might not be ready to get there yet, but Rav, that's all thinking down the back of my head going, Oh, how does that work? Yeah, let, let's let's hop to that. Let's let's hop to the rand note. Um, are they gonna are they gonna make it a big difference than what we see in the books, like, like they've done with this one? Um, and how is it gonna work? Like, how are two people gonna? Hmm, they can't be gagging rand, surely. That would, yeah. Well, one, he speaks in the scene. Uh, although, again, it would be very powerful if somehow he was stopped from speaking and he's being forced to kill somebody uh i mean that would be just as powerful as him trying to you know say no no uh and and you know yasha will do a really great job with that but i i don't know could they even have more than one bracelet more than two bracelets could they have more than two for the it's the band of dominion right yeah that's possible now I'm also curious. There's <laughs> folks would go. We're just gonna like throw out random thoughts here while we talk about how the, <laughs> the these Sean Chen horrible evil devices work. Um, there's a scene where they talk about putting the bracelet on a man uh, to see if something happens because occasionally the man goes mad, occasionally Demani goes mad, occasionally they both die. You know, it's it's you know it's a it's a big gamble, almost like playing uh, Russian roulette. Yeah, um, it's the swan chan. It's the empress playing with her Dema pet Damani and just seeing what happens because she's got enough that she can lose them. Yeah, right. Does uh, that in the court, the court of the nine moons, right? Yeah, that would that would still work. You could just put the bracelet on a guy, couldn't you? I'm, I was thinking about the yeah. um, the gag there, but you could just put the bracelet on the guy and that would still work. Um, but yeah, I don't maybe the the key point the the key point when that gets used around the the band dominion it is just um uh which forsaken is it um it's an s1 uh is it an s1 samurad no. yes it samurad? is yeah, sam yeah, yeah samurad i say samurad yeah samurad or samurad i've heard both but you say whatever you want as um <laughs> i uh, thank you michael and kate i know they don't listen to the podcast on a regular basis but um when i chatted to michael and kate uh they said you know what it's uh when when you read a story I'm, I'm very much paraphrasing now folks but when you read a story uh in essence it's a little journey between you and the words the author has put on a page and that is unique to you and however you experience that and however you want to describe it or you know uh, vocalize those words you've read that is totally up to you um as long as folks can understand what you're saying 
that's where I stop worrying about it. So you say Severag mm. however you want to say Severag. I, you know, I will know what you mean. <laughs> well, I think it's my French influence. For years and years, I pronounced uh, Tarvalon as Tarvalon in my head because I was just, I don't know, I was doing some weird French thing with it, but yeah. <laughs> I like that. Why do we not get any French people in uh, any French isolate? We didn't talk to a lot of isolate. That's why we didn't get any French isolate. There yeah. we go. Um, but yeah, so when she is using the band of dominion on rands uh she is just having on the black argent with her because it's easier with two and she's just using the control yeah. i think if you started having more um it would get a bit crazy mm. um yeah I, I, I think the i think the color choice in the books might stay the same uh if mm. they if they do i don't i don't see any reason to change the color i think that's going to be quite it shows the darkness of it um it works quite I imagine it comes up quite well on screen in terms of color when you've got it against someone's skin. Um, yeah. Whether well, and I was works, just thinking... Do they need to gag around is, is such a great question, and I'm really not sure about that. <laughs> well, yeah, I had two thoughts as, as we were sort of going through this. One, if they keep the same plot, which, again, they probably won't, they'll change it somehow, where they're looking for this device in Tanchico, and they, they literally walk past it in the dream a couple of times, like Wayne does and whatever else. Uh, the, the, the collar and the bracelets are sitting on this pedestal in the museum. Um, again, is it going to look like a female version? It's just the, the shoulder piece with a bracelet sitting next to it kind of thing. Or will the mm -hmm. entire thing look different because it's made for a man? Because by this point, they should know what it looks like. So that's yeah. my one thought. Uh, but again, they could totally introduce it in a totally different manner. And then the other thought I had is maybe the gag isn't, is, is actually made of air. Maybe it sort of forms, because we know air can form solid you know, yes. become solid, you know, uh, um, matter, make barriers and stuff like this. So what if it just sort of forms over the mouth as they complete? Yeah. God, and you and can it's made of air. It. There is there is talk of, um, I can't remember if it's a moment where it's used as a sword, um, but there is like a blue tip, steps. It was when they're, Swan. Um, yeah. In the, in, the, in the ship when Swan says, oh, I could make a sword. I could exactly. be, be oh, good yes. beefy like a man and make a sword. And what would I do with a sword? Yeah, that's true. So you could color it. I mean, that was extremely color matching gold, like a color matching water sentence. The color <laughs> of the gold of the gag very much matched the bracelets and the, the chest piece or the shoulder piece. Yeah. Shoulder piece. It was on the shoulders. Shoulder piece. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's possible, but I think that's more likely an actual physical piece. Um, yeah. Now I'm just thinking they might go really, really creepy with Rand's or not. Why am I saying it's Rand's? With the male version, the Band of Dominion, and kind of uh, chain it all together. So like there's mm -hmm. a piece that goes around his neck that sort of stops, like a really thick piece, almost like um, you see uh, it obviously originates with African tribes that wear the bands around the neck. And the neck stretching goes with that, but like a, re a solid piece that kind of like yeah. almost stops his head from moving um, to really good control. And then like, you know, short change to the, like the, his wrists or something where there's, yeah. there's more bracelets. Um, and maybe even then like that grows up his face and just sort of like gags off his face completely with a solid, the bottom half of your face right down to your shoulders yeah. is just stuck, almost like a neck cast or something, a neck brace. Um Oh, that's giving yeah. me creeps. Ooh. Yeah, but it's that's meant the, to be creepy, that's isn't it? A creepy so, like, visual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rafe, if you need ideas for creepy visuals, I'm all about the weird stuff. All about the the creepy stuff. I wanted the horror factor of Wheel of Time, and when I saw the Damani, I was like, okay, you've given us horror in terms of monsters. Now you're giving us horror in terms of like disgusting people and the way they treat yeah. 
their citizens. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And they're not shying away from it. I mean, it took no. me a long time, honestly, to get over that scene of Valdo with the, the, the yellow ice that I being burned. That, that literally, that stayed with me in a, you know, in a, for weeks. It was just, I couldn't joke about it on Twitter at time. I'm like, guys, I can't joke about fire. Like, I just can't. I, so it stayed with me for, I mean, I'm good now, but it, uh, it's, they're, they're definitely ramping up the, not the, only the, the creep factor, but the, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and what's worse for me is Valda because all I can see when I see Valda is, um, uh, oh God, what is his name? Colin Frizzle's best friend from Love Actually, you know, and now he's burning Aes Sedai at the stake and chopping off hands. And I was like, dude, what happened to you? Like, did you, did, did you take, um, the, the betrayal of um oh now alan rickman there we go thank you <laughs> i was just like my brain worked tonight alan rickman are you taking alan rickman's betrayal of emma thompson that harsh that you've turned yeah. to the dark you know and now oh. you hunt down i said i um i don't know how that relates to alan rickman but um it relates yeah. to love actually and yeah. that's what i see when i see him i'm like you are colin frizzle's friend and you know now you're evil um it's that was the biggest adjustment for me but oh wow it is uh, but the actor is incredible that he yes. can do that because in a few seconds and i know the visuals there are helping us the fire the bloody hand that helps but if, if the actor wasn't good that scene wouldn't land and that scene oh, yeah. hit an emotional uh, level that doesn't usually happen for me at any rate no. and so the actor is absolutely amazing i mean i'm totally creeped out by him and i can't wait to see more yeah he he is a comfort um though he's portraying valda with a comfort of being in that situation of just extreme uh, violence to people um you know there's a very casual and comfortable nature with it and it really yeah sets in the creep factor um yeah so speaking yeah, of they, channeling like, how did the channeling not affect val okay this is a whole other podcast but like not affect val but how did he know because he can't see the weeds i mean he could look at her expression she was clearly concentrating on something mm -hmm. uh but I, I think there's something how, how else can he capture they weren't in a setting that was a popular theory before the episode came out. They weren't in a setting. So how is he capturing all these Aes Sedai and not very afraid of the weeds? Yes, I know you can, like, knock people out, and if they're unconscious, you can drag them off. But yeah. I don't know. I think there's something – I don't know. I think there's something there. I think – uh, there's there's two theories, um, or uh, th there are two. One of which is my suggestion, and one that I've seen floating on Twitter of time. Now, one in general is how does uh, mine relates more to how he has so many Isidai rings, and how he's obviously then thus captured so many and uh, killed them. I think that the white cloaks have access to or invented fork root tea. Mm -hmm. uh, one so and or you know like they have it. Or they and or they invented it um the second one relates specifically to that scene and this is not my idea i saw it in twitter time somewhere that he has um the medallion or an item like the medallion that matt gets later on um, yeah and that is like a secret of the white cloaks kept yeah. by the man in his position um so and they might yeah. both of those things might be true uh but the fork root tea obviously doesn't relate to the fact that he could have a t teeny tiny i'm going to be honest it was not a big fireball but a fireball thrown at him no. and have zero effect yeah um, but it just fizzled out it didn't yeah. it, it to me it didn't fizzle out because it wasn't powerful enough it still should have left a tiny singe on his white pristine white costume it literally yeah. sort of just pooped out of existence it, 
you know. That's that's where I think the medallion theory came from because of that action with the uh, with the fireball, where it just kind of like went, okay, nothing. Um, yeah. And he didn't even blink. He was just like, okay, yeah. do it because I'm fine. Um, yeah. So yeah, I. And his. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go. It's fine. I was just going to say his. This is not related to channeling, but the feathers. My one little creepy theory is that the feathers that he has at his belt, because nobody else has them that I've seen, is he keeps one feather from each of the birds he eats. But I don't know what the birds oh. look like when they have feathers on them. So maybe those are too long feathers for those tiny birds. But yeah. what, they maybe. keep fo- they focused on those feathers a couple of times in screenshots. So they did. Maybe maybe he keeps. Uh, oh God, maybe there's some sort of ritual or something. Um, maybe oh maybe we've combined the medallion and the tea and instead of the tea stopping a channeler being able to channel the tea infuses the person who drinks the tea with a natural um resistance is not the right word uh natural uh immunity to channeling that would be a fun twist on park route yeah that's getting really weird and wacky but maybe (laughs) yeah maybe that's a thing who knows but, you know, I'm all down for the weird and wacky. That's why you're here, folks, because, you know, um, all right, we're just having a fun discussion about the channeling in the show and the different levels it can have and, and way, ways it can be done. But um, we we're getting the, the, the fun sort of like side tangents as well. So uh, is there so we, we dabbled in the the Aiel channeling, which obviously we won't see for, for quite some time. Is there any sort of channeling you think we've missed or aspect of it you want to to, to pick up on that for, for any of them? that we haven't really come across. Um, Unless they get the sea folk. And I think some people are thinking that maybe the sea folk are just going to be combined with the Terran. Uh, I mean, possibly, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But they would have their own style of channeling. If, if, if our theory or my theory, your theory is correct, that each, each group will have their own quirks around channeling, then the sea folk would have their own quirks as well. Yeah. And yeah, the, there's... and the, Forsaken have zero quirks because they learned how to channel really, really well. <laughs> yes, there we go. Yeah, zero quirks. Um, I mean, maybe the... <laughs> no, that wouldn't fit. I was like, maybe the sea folk, if they're in the show, can only channel if they can't see land. Um, mm. But then how do the um, Aes Sedai who come from the sea folk to make the Aes Sedai not go hunting for the sea folk? But then in this show, it seems to be okay if you're, you're a channeler and you don't become an Aes Sedai. It seems to be... You know, yeah. you know, if you abuse the power, then the Red Eye should turn up and be like, hold up. But if you're not abusing the power, you're just getting by, you know, your day-to-day business. They kind of do like, oh, yeah, cool. You do your thing. So maybe we don't get Sea Folk sisters and they still just try and hide it anyway. Um, that maybe they'll like cut another. the Sea Folk out. I mean, I love the Sea Folk and I, I especially our first glimpse into them when we see them in book four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, to me personally, they annoy me later on in the books because all they do is just get catty with each other. I'm like, really? Yeah. I, I, just, I mean, I can see a certain element of that being realistic, but just constant cattiness. I don't yeah, know. It's, uh... It bugs me. I'm like, yeah, I don't. No, they're, I, I don't they're want not great in the books. Yeah, not not in later books. But then they also have the opportunity to you know, add on to that, perhaps, and and change that. So yeah, I don't know. I there is obviously going to have to cut a lot. I could see them removing the sea folk as just. Yeah, I think Badly. there's, I mean, aside from the Bowl of Winds, there's a lot you could cut with the Sea Folk and it wouldn't, it would probably be reasonably easy to uh, sort of manipulate the story to to 
pass out what they need to do to other cultures or people or or anything like that um yeah. once you've well, once you've yeah. started the ball of winds so yeah back to the Danani though my what do you think about Megan because I had this thought today while thinking about this podcast She's obviously, I mean, I think the general consensus, she's going to go investigate the ships and get captured mm-hmm. as a demonic. Uh, yeah. But what if Egwene and Nynaeve and Elaine and whoever else helps her escape? She's one of the Saladar Aes Sedai, right? She is, my, yes. My Dan is. So what if then there's that loyalty built into Egwene from, from, from this rescue? Maybe that's part of, I don't know, it was a thought I had today. She will be more considerate of Egwene in the future because she'll have loyalty because Egwene helped her escape. Yeah, that's possible. Um, this this is my I, I like I feed on drama and uh, bad things happening. I'm I'm that guy at the end of the story and be like, yeah, but what if it was all a dream? Um, You're the Inception keep, guy. I'm the Inception guy. I I often I've teased about this in various episodes here and there, and I keep saying eventually I'll I'll, I'll actually like put it down on paper. But um, I keep having this theory that uh, Rand didn't win. Um, and it was actually the dark one can, you know, trapped him in a, a special dream shard. And that's why he could, uh, light the pipe and, uh, you know, without channeling and everything seemed to work out. And the dark one is, is just making its way through world after world, after world, after world, trapping and beating all of the dragons, uh, so on and so forth until all the worlds have been taken over by the shadow. And then the dark one actually wins. Um, I'm the guy who does no, that. So... <laughs> I was gonna say you're fun at parties. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, You'd be I am fun at parties because I don't do that at parties, uh, but I do it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but where I was going with that is, I'm thinking now. Okay, well, maybe we use Megan to demonstrate the the horrors of the um, of the Adam without actually having to have one of our lead characters be in mm. scenes where they can't talk and such and be tortured and things, and then maybe she. Uh, where was I going with this? I said I was thinking she dies, but now I can't think what um, motivation that gave to the characters and such because I don't like people dying just for the sake of dying. That's pointless. There needs to be some relevant point of story. I'll come back to that. Um, but yeah, you could use her, but then how do we see it? Because we're not just going to like take time away from the leads to go and say, hey, let's check out what's happening with Megan and the Jean-Chen. You'd need some leads we there might. as well, wouldn't you? I mean, you might, yeah. Oh, you might. I mean, it also depends how much they've got planned for her as a character. She can become a, a bigger, a more important tertiary or secondary character in the story. They might make her stand in for a couple of different Aes Sedai and do different things in the future. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I like, going back to your original point, I like the idea of, um, you know, this sort of helping. Would would Egwene be captured in this scenario that you started with? Oh, I I think Egwene has to be captured. I don't think they're going okay. to change that. I think that, because that gives so much of her character arc, her trauma that she has to deal with, mm-hmm. uh, with that, her hatred of the Shantan, which fuels a lot of her decisions and whatnot. So I personally think they will, but I mean, I'm totally happy to be wrong too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as you can um, put the, the motivation there, it's, uh, you know, if you want to use a different situation that fits better with how they've adjusted the story than her being captured by the Shantan, I'm down for that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, uh, Megan getting, uh, escaping, because one of them gets left behind or is that when Matt lets them out, lets the sea folk out and stuff like that? Was it uh, Rima, the yellow sister? Rima, Yes. And then later on, there was another one that Matt did not help uh, escape. S, it starts with an E. 
I think. Uh, yeah, a fan I mean, it's name, it's just name, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> all the all the Aes Sedai have S names, don't they? Um... <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Oh my god. If you don't know, a team that starts with an F, they're about that's the general yeah, rule. Of thumb start, yeah, that, that's, that's the rule of thumb. Yeah. Um, so I I think if Megan died in the escape, it would um, it would really like if if you know they were being like oh okay you, you you can't escape we'll kill you rather than let you go type situation um it would really not that we need to amp up how horrible the sean chen are already we've just seen them tied away with a six-year-old um you know they're pretty nasty they gag people you know and use them as slaves like you know they're nasty people but you know keep piling on i suppose it would really drive up the anxiety level that Egwene would feel towards the Shan Chen because not only was I captured, not only was I tortured, not only was I made to be a slave, but uh, you know they would rather kill me than let me go. Um, and then when they when we get to the end of the story, it's like you know you need to release you demand who want to be released that you've you know you captured I said you need, need to release them. It would really play into the well is two on if we just stick with how the story goes is two on really going to do that because it's like well we would rather kill our demand than let them let channelers be free um and yeah. it really fits in with their belief that channelers must be and you know the channelers themselves think i must be a demani i must be captured i must be controlled i am dangerous i am not fit to be you know just loose in the general population so um in that words Mygen trying to escape with them and dying in the process that was where they, i knew it would come back to me if i carried on talking um this is where i think <laughs> Mygen could play a really good part because it's mm -hmm. something we, we know a bit now. We've got a bit of character on. Uh, we already suspect she's going to get captured. So we're already like, oh, this is really sad. You know, we're already feeling something for her. So for her to die in that manner, in that escape, A, we think the Shan Chen are horrible and that really amps that up. B, we feel really sad that Mygen's died. And then uh, C, we get that motivation of, you know, terror and fear and anger at the Shan Chen for Egwene as well. Um, mm -hmm. So. I, well, yeah, I'm going to go, with, it's very sad to say, but I'm going to say that Megan dies. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, I, it's entirely possible. I, I agree. I, it would make, it's going to make a great story. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's going to set up again how they do it in the show, because everything is so much more visceral in the show than in the book. Maybe that's just how mm -hmm. I read the book. But they do a good job of having Egwene hate Tuan at the end, and, and that's very clear. But it's going to be so much, uh, so much bigger in the show in the sense that we already, I already hate the Swan Chan more than I do in the book. Um, and how, how are you going to have these two women face off against each other at the end? You know, it, yeah. it, it, especially with Matt going off to marry one of them. You know, I just mm -hmm. like when they're that much more despicable. Like, uh, it's just going to be very, very interesting to see how race plays it. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's going to be. It's going to be a journey. I don't think our loins are good enough, wait. folks. No, I and I can't yeah. wait. And and you know that's. Did we want to get to the last point on the list as well? Because I don't know. Uh, the very last point? Did we talk about, yeah, well, it, what, yeah, if they were play. That's something that Todd said on the Dusty Wheel on December 29th. But what if they replace Solomon and Tyr and just combine them both? That makes sense, okay. don't you think? If you it put Tyr together, the Swan Shan attacked Tyr. I don't know why they're sending a tidal wave at an empty shore. That I mean, okay, I don't think the six-year-old is really that. I mean, I work with kids, but trust me, they're not, they're not actually that dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not dangerous to that level. Yeah, they are dangerous, no. but certainly not to the tidal, tidal wave worthy level. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> no, I, I think that there was something else there that we didn't see. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the, the mystery is left there. I think that's where that is, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I did, I saw a thread. I'm going to, I'm going to digress for a second. It was a thread and I can't remember who it was in Twitter time, but basically it was like, you know, um, sword arm to the Sean Chen general. Oh no, it was a Sean Chen general to like Turok. And it was like, <laughs> sir, we, we have, uh, you know, we've attacked the coast and it's like, oh good. You know, so you, you cleared us a beachhead or something. No, 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 we didn't do that. Um, okay. Well you, you've taken out a, like a naval force or something. No, no, we didn't do that. You've taken out uh, like a, like a, uh, like a town or something. No, no. Okay. Well, um, you know, you've killed out an army or something. No, no, we didn't do that. And uh, at the end of it, it's like, so what did you do? Uh, well, you know, we, we sent a tidal wave to, to the cliffs, to the, to the coast. Like you wanted, we attacked the coast and, and then Turek's just like, Oh dear Lord. You know, I very much paraphrase that folks. Um, and it's great. Yeah. And if you know of that thread, if you're listening and you're like, Rob, I know that thread, please tag me in it and be like, Rob, this is the thread because I will then re- retweet it or quote it. And, and um, cause it is, it's so well done. It was, it, it made me die of laughter. I, I quoted it on something else as well. It's very, very funny. Um, that's so hilarious. I, I that's, think- like, that's like the Swan Chan as stormtroopers, you know, they're just not making, yes. they can't, they can't aim at it. They can't hit anything, even with a tidal wave, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now I've got visions of the tidal wave just sort of like splitting either side the child and the kid there just being like, huh? You know, and then you the the the, the, the sword arm turns around to, to you know to the Shanchen general and be like, well, we tried, you know, like you know, we said a whole tidal wave. What do you want me to do? You know. Oh God, Turak is like you know uh, a Darth Vader or something. Yeah, I don't know. Oh my God, that's hilarious. It's great. That's funny. That's good. That is very funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's more to that coastal scene than, yeah. we, than we saw at the end of the season. I think it was just very much meant to demonstrate, like, oh look, they'll they'll go for their goal or whatever it is, and it doesn't matter that like you know a little toddler on the beach gets in the way. Yeah. Um, again, well, that's an evil. emotional pull. That's an immediate emotional pull to the audience. Oh, cute little, Absolutely, yeah. little girl who's about to die. That makes you hate them already. You don't have to do anything else. So. Nope. This is, yeah, very, very true. Uh, but yeah, I like this uh, combination of um, farm and tear at the end. Um, you know, it's it, it works. There could be something in their histories, you know, their, their predictions, because obviously they think, you know, Dragon must bow to the, the, um, to the Crystal Throne. Um, you could absolutely be like, right, well, we need to go to the Stone of Tear or just, you know, to this place or, or however you want to describe it and, and kind of merge the endings a bit because aside from... The battle between the white cloaks and um the heroes of the horn and obviously the battle in the sky at the same time um and taking over the stone of tear and you know fighting trollocs and aiel and all that through the stone and rand's battle again with a forsaken um you know there's a lot of things there that sort of work well together um so you know you could have the the beachheads the 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 i don't know the peers of tear um, you know, around the stone being attacked, have to call in the heroes of the horn, you know, and inside is the Aiel and, you know, we've got, I don't know, Shadow Sport and all sorts of stuff. You're like, you could have like both battles on the go at the same time and yeah. still Jason the Forsaken. Like there's lots of ways you could merge it together and I think it yeah. can still work. So. Yeah, yeah I point, agree. Tasha. I've been thinking about this ever, ever since I heard it and I think he's right. I think that's a really good, uh, a good way because they're going to, uh, the current theory is that they're going to combine most of books two and three and I think mm-hmm. they can. Um, yes. Because think about how much we still have to do in the story. <laughs> I mean, chapter, what is it? 
chapter 37 of A Memory of Light is that is that the chapter, right? Uh, that yeah, could be yeah, an entire so. series in and of itself, just that one chapter. So that could be an entire I mean, season. So there's a there's a prologue out there that's bigger than books. I can't remember which yeah. prologue it is. It's like book ten or something. I am um, terrible. I've read I've read them so many times. Especially when we got up to the Brandon Sanderson ones, like up up to that point, yeah. it was very much a case of like, well, all these stories are just blurred together. I can't tell you what happens yeah. in what book anymore. Um, yeah, exactly. After it's... we get to book four, the world expands, and my brain just goes, "Well, now it's all just one book." Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's but yeah. it's it's very true. I mean, we we know where Dumai's Wells is and certain <laughs> moments, but apart from that, I, I it's hard to say what happens in books because again, it does, especially once you get past book six for me. Um, and I don't believe in the slog. The slog was for me just something nope. that you had to wait. It was the waiting period that that uh, caused that, I think. But those books all blur totally together for me, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Very, very true. Okay. No, I like that. I like merging that and uh, seeing the channeling in action, um, seeing some Damane fighting in the streets. And again, like this is, you could have a Gawain picked up here or, or some sort of, yeah. I don't, well, it I don't, brings all our heroes back together in the same place. It does. Uh, for perhaps the final time for a couple of seasons. Uh, mm -hmm. And we know you could easily have the White Cloaks because Tyr hates channeling, so the White Cloaks should be welcomed. So they mm -hmm. could still easily be there. And This is true. We don't know if it wasn't even the White Cloaks that maybe brought... In my head, for some reason, that my first thought was it was the White Cloaks that burned down Suan's uh, fishing hut when she was a child. I don't know why. It makes okay. more sense to the villagers, but in my head, I'm like, oh, the White Cloaks, did they do that? I don't know why. <laughs> I love. We, let, let, let's just finish on this um, this one little idea. So let's run on the you know because me, Mister Positive, I think she's been stilled. Um, but yeah. I think. Oh. Uh, well. No, I, I'm going to say no to that. Sorry, I said yes automatically. I'm like, no, I, I don't agree with you. No, that's no, okay. no, that's fine. But I, <laughs> I, I came across a couple of ideas or an idea that I'd been seeing thrown around a couple of times that has made me lean much more towards the shielded side. So. As we've said multiple times, just in this tonight's recording, but I'm sure many people have said many times, um, they don't show us things just for fun. Yeah. Everything has a meaning. You know, I mean, we spent hours analyzing the trailer. Everyone was analyzing it. And, you know, Sarah is out there being like, there's things you still haven't picked up. You know, it's just like, what? Okay. Um, I think the cold open with Young Swan, where she unties knots in her father's string, has to do with untying and this again this is not me thinking this this is what i've seen on on, on twitter um the untying yeah, I think of a shield there yeah. we go so uh, yeah an untying of a shield on um moraine and i really like that where do you obviously you're falling on the shielded side of things rather than the um stilled side of things but what do you think of that theory i think that's actually quite brilliant i think that makes an awful lot of sense it'd be really cool if Yuan is well, it's not cool for her, but anyway, she gets booted out of the tower in season two early on. She somehow, through her adventures, meets up with Moraine, and she's the one to uh, fix the the knot or undo the knot on the on the shield. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's made with Sidene instead of Sidar, yeah. so you know no it's one. It's too early see to it. have naive. Yeah, it's too early to have naive cure heal, heal stilling. I think it's yeah. too early in the story yet for that. She's too untrained. She. Still doesn't like she doesn't like Logan at the moment. I mean, I don't know why she'd want to pretend to study him anyway. Um, since you know he just point. he just nearly killed Lan. Um, so I I firmly believe, and it's a knot. You can see a knot clearly in Ishi's hands, right? Yeah. It's not, that to me, and and she never says she's stilled. She just says 
he's made it so that I can't. What's his as a, as a sorry? His exact wording. The dark I one can't is. Touch it. I, yeah. I think it's like I can't touch the source anymore. Yeah, that's not say the same thing as saying I'm still. Yeah, and actually, yeah, I'm talking myself out of saying she's still now. <laughs> she also then when Rand's like, tell them I've got, you know, I didn't make it. And she's like, I can't lie. I can't lie. Yeah, and, and you the know, bond when you... Well, I don't. Because I, I, I can't. My, no, no, no. My understanding of how the bond works was it was not a case of like she used the power to mask it and unmask it. It was just like a subconscious thought, that, not a subconscious thought, but a, an active thought at a stage, right? I'm going to wrap up the bonds, you know, represent it with a little glowing ball in my head or whatever you want to think of, wrap it up in a little cloth so nothing gets through. And I didn't think that that was something you had to channel to do. No, um, but I think in the books, I think in the movie show, maybe they do. Maybe they do, yeah. Because um, she can't let Lan back in now that she can't touch the source. Yeah. So, but the the line of like I can't lie, well, I know she would. Uh, I initially I was just like, well, you know, she could think she can't lie. That doesn't mean you know, uh, like Swan finds out. Oh, actually, now I've been stilled. I can lie. I didn't realize that was a side effect of it. Um, you know that you know, I was thinking Moraine fought the same process, but yeah, I don't know. I'm leaning more on the shielding side. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> Either way, they could make it work in story. They have yes. already from the books ways to make it work. It gives her an adventure in book two when she doesn't have anything to do. Even in book three, there's not a lot that Moraine does. We don't see a lot yeah. from her point of view. So this gives her some great character building, her and Lan together. I'm yeah. excited for it. I'm, I'm excited too. I think uh, really it's going to show their, um, you know, their, their relationship. Um, again, it's such a unique relationship um you know to to be in that sort of situation as two of them and it not just be a case of well clearly they're together um so you know i i really like it well i i think we've kind of dusty wheeled the channeling particularly the trenches <laughs> stuff you know this this i yeah. really enjoyed this uh it's a fun discussion so i've enjoyed it greatly I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Um, thank you for joining me. I, you know, I, I hope that folks listen to you and be like, I want to talk to that lady and, and have her on my podcast. Or, you know, Matt Hatch goes, I want to have her on the Dusty Wheel. You know? Oh, my goodness. Um, it's a lot of well, fun, trust me. Thank you so very much. Honestly, it's been an absolute honor and privilege to be on your podcast. Um, it, it, you're a wonderful person. Thank you so much. I love everything that you do on Twitter Time. I love your podcast. I love your cooking, your recipes, uh, and everything else. So you're just absolutely amazing. Thank you so very much. And uh, I'd so love to do it again. Yes, absolutely. I think you've just done like half my plugs for me, which is hilarious. <laughs> I'm happy to do it, though, because you, got, you are literally amazing. Everything you do is awesome. I absolutely love yeah. you. So you're, you're amazing. Yeah, I, I do a fair bit, folks. Um, I, I do have a couple of things to, to shout out. So uh, this month, uh, we do have a uh, I, I, long time ago now, back in September, I was supposed to do a live stream all about Wheel of Time drinks, not just drinks we'd made up, but drinks we thought we'd seen, but like, you know, just talking about drinks they would have made with the technology they have, you know, all sorts of bits and pieces like that. So um, the guys from Fantasy for the Ages, Jim and Zach, and then um, Josh from uh, Black Tower Podcast, we're going to join me because you know zach and jim met a lot of make up a lot of drinks and cocktails and such and then josh uh he's very good he's like makes old style drinks like makes mead from scratch and things like that so you know the three of us are going to sit and have a drink uh, sort of conversation what tales uh i'm pleased to say that we've planned that back in for the end of the month on the 22nd so i'm thrilled about that and starting on the oh let me get my notes to make sure i get the right date starting on oh it's all about the 22nd this month starting on saturday the 22nd 
is the Great Tam Joke Search Volume Three, folks. So um, yes, it's been in the it's been in the works for months now. <laughs> there, after this, they will happen yearly at MelkiriCon, but this one will be the last one that happens randomly uh, just throughout the year. So I've, I've got sixty four jokes. And uh, there will be all the polls, the pictures, the uh, the alt text to go with them, and they're going to start on the twenty second. There's going to be like eighteen hour polls that run from uh, what time have I got them set from? Nine a.m. UK time, so that is three a.m. Eastern and midnight Pacific. But they're going to run for eighteen hours, so they'll be up all day long, or plenty of time for everyone to get in there, no matter where you are in the world, to vote. And it will coincide. The grand final will coincide with that week's. The week following that on the Thursday of Threefold Talk. Um, so we'll be doing my third joke book there, folks. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, judging by the jokes that I'm putting out now and the likes they're getting, um, <laughs> my jokes awesome. have, 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 have upped their game and how many likes they're getting. Uh, the Joker put out in the second 820 likes on Twitter, which kind of just insane um so yeah but I've, these are loads of old jokes so like for example uh, you valerie you've, you you say a couple of months into the twitter of time you've not you know seen my i have hundreds of jokes i literal i've made literal joke books um so you'll see how this works uh folks but yeah that's on oh my 22nd God. as well um and i'm trying to work on a couple of the things i'm trying to work on uh so i've got like a, a music and lyrics sort of dive in on on the uh, the albums that we've gotten i'm trying to get a, a panel discussion um that i did a while back that's just a lot of fun Valentine's Day coming up, folks. So the 12th of February, I know Valentine's the 14th, but the 12th of February, that's a Saturday. There is Master of the Deck and myself. We get together a few months and we do a little spin the wheel and we do some relationship um, shipping and have some fun. Well, for Valentine's Day, we thought we'd get a romance writer in with us because we'd like to have a guest. And so Brie is joining us. You might remember Brie. She did the, the What's season party with me, um, season finale party. Um, she is a romance writer. And we said, Brie, come, come join us. You love doing shipping. You're in the shipping server. You know, like you're going to have a lot of fun with this. So we're, we're spinning the wheel of love on the 12th of February, folks. Um, so yeah, lots and lots of YouTube stuff on the go. Uh, the podcast is back to being weekly. Thank God for that, because I've been terrible at getting out weekly recently, but I'm getting better at that. And so uh, yeah, the, the jokes are there and everywhere. So subscribe, follow, like, tweet, all that sort of nonsense is out there, folks. It's all in the description. And if you want to track down Eagle Eye Sedai, uh, it's at what nerd girl? Yep. Yes. At Walk Nerd go. Girl. Yeah. There we go. But there will be a link in the show description, folks. Um, so you can you you just go down and click on that if you don't want to type it in the Twitter and find it. If you don't already follow, because yeah. you know, she's thank she's you. a wonderful person. Wonderful. Aww, tweets. Thank you. You know, thank you. I, I appreciate like, that. Just just see the little the, the, the icon popping up. I'm like, what's Eagle saying today? Oh, okay. I've missed twenty messages and they're all great. So, you know. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, it's been such a pleasure to be here with you, and I'm so excited for everything that you just shared. I can't wait for that whole book of Tam jokes and everything else. And as you say, I'm new to Twitter time, so I missed all of those. So I'm going to get caught up. Yeah, you'll, you'll have fun. Um, yeah, it, it, it runs for like uh, seven days, six days, something like that. I've, I've, I've worked out the polling. It, if I change the dates... <laughs> when this uh, before this comes out i'll do an announcement by the way it happens i'm gonna do little like promo videos or something for it but uh, yeah folks if you want to know follow the twitter accounts um you know go subscribe on the youtube channel you'll get the notifications for the videos there you'll see i do my weekly talk show threefold talk with my wonderful guests uh co-hosts we can have guests but co-hosts 
Um, and, uh, you know, that starts up again on Thursday nights. Thank you, Wheel of Time, for covering us for six weeks while we took a, a break and moved to Tuesdays. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> a joke. We moved for them, actually. Um, yeah. You know. <laughs> They didn't cover us. We moved. Um, <laughs> but yeah, folks, it's I've, I've enjoyed being back and just digging into random tangents and random thoughts. So, um, you know, I hope you've enjoyed listening. And until next time, everybody, may you always find water and shade. Yeah.